0: Or are parts of 1 Corinthians that many of us know and love. Love is patient, love is kind. The famous image of the church as the body of Christ, the oldest recording of Jesus' words from the Last Supper, long before the Gospel writers wrote them down. Today's reading, which is from the very beginning of the book, is neither widely known nor particularly loved. It feels rather ordinary. There's actually something remarkable going on under the surface. And to see why, think about how we normally begin letters and emails. When I write an email to someone, I usually start by giving my name, my title, my organization, some possible connections we might have. My name is Joseph, I'm the pastor at Advent Lutheran Church in Wyckoff. We both know Jim Noel from Christian Healthcare. I came to an event that you hosted last year. And basically, I'm trying to make a case that my email is worth reading by saying I'm someone who's worth paying attention to. What does Paul do when he starts his letter to the Corinthians? Well, he does the exact opposite of that. He runs through who he is in just a few words. Paul, apostle, both no Sosthenes. Instead of putting a bunch of effort into explaining who he is, he starts by telling the Corinthians who they are. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. And one of those words is worth unpacking a little bit, which is sanctified. What does it mean for the Corinthians, and by extension us, to be sanctified? Well, when you sanctify something, you set it apart for some special use. In the Hebrew Bible, the Israelites have liturgical vessels that are sanctified, like we have communion vessels. And that means they're only supposed to be used in the temple. You don't eat dinner with the same stuff you use in the temple. And there's also this idea, in Leviticus you find this too, that there are people who are sanctified. God sanctifies the Israelites, the Israelites are set apart from the other nations, and they have this unique relationship with God. So we don't talk about sanctification a lot, but we do talk about a similar idea, which is holiness. And those two words are often used interchangeably in the New Testament. When you sanctify something, it means you've made it holy. A couple of years ago, we did a wedding here in the summer, and on the way out of the sanctuary, this kid ran up to the font in the back, and he took his hand very dramatically and kind of swung it around, and then plunged it into the water below. The water went everywhere, which, as far as I'm concerned, you know, knock yourself out. It's just carpet. It's fine. But his parent grabbed his arm and pulled him away and said, you're not allowed to touch that water. And the kid inevitably asked why. And the parent said, because it's holy water. It's actually not, but the thing that she said reveals how we think of holiness. Something is holy when it's out of reach, it's otherworldly, it's off limits to us. In the 1950s and 60s, that's how the altar rail functioned in many churches. It would have been common for the pastor to preside at communion by himself And no one is allowed to go inside the altar rail. And why? Because it's holy. It's separate. In some churches, the ushers would even get up and lock the gate so you couldn't even accidentally get near the altar during communion. The implication is clear. This space is holy. This space is not holy. And guess where you all get to hang out? And when we think of holy people, we probably think of something similar. If they're spiritually superior to us, they have some predisposition, some knowledge, some ability that makes them exceptional. Because of their gifts, they are up here, and we are down here. And the way you become like them, the way you become holy, is by sinning less and behaving better. But Paul says that way of thinking about holiness is totally backwards. What sanctifies you? It's right there in the text. The Corinthians have been sanctified in Christ Jesus. So what makes you holy is not your behavior or your beliefs or your spirituality or anything else you might come up with. What makes you holy is your relationship with Jesus. And your relationship with Jesus is a gift not something you chose for yourself. It's not something you achieved. It's something that came from outside of you. So holiness is not about setting yourself apart from other people to get closer to God. Holiness is about God coming to us. Holiness is something God gives away. And you can see why Paul wants the Corinthians to begin by understanding this. Because if you start with a backwards view of holiness... Everything about what the church is gets all kinds of messed up. Think about how we usually describe church. We say, what? It's not a building. It's a community. Which is true. But according to Paul, that's not quite good enough. Because bridge clubs are communities. Political parties are communities. Book clubs are communities. And those are all fine and good. It's good when people come together around common interests. But the difference is that the church is a group of people who are gathered together because they've been invited by God. We don't gather together because we have common interests or common goals or common agendas. God knows we often don't. We gather together because we believe that God has invited us into relationship. And when you forget that, when churches forget that, that it's God, not people who make the church holy, there are constant problems. For the church in Corinth, which was just a mess, the big problem was spiritual narcissism. There were people in the church who thought their gifts were more important than other people's. Their financial gifts, their spiritual talents, their theological credentials were more important than other people's. These are the people who are really important in church, and these are the people who are also here. We go out of our way to serve the people we believe have the best gifts, and we ignore the people we think don't have anything to contribute. The Corinthians acted like they were the ones who sanctified the church. And for us, the problem is less a kind of narcissism than a kind of consumerism. We view other people as a means to our own ends. We prioritize our own experience of the church that we wanna have for us, and if someone doesn't fit into that, then we cut them down to size. People often tell me they find the church to be judgy, hypocritical, concerned primarily with petty issues that no one outside the church cares about. And the truth is, sometimes they don't know the half of it. We often treat our communion vessels with more respect and care than we treat one another with. Back when he was a parish pastor, this is about 40 years ago, Gordon Lathrop, who's a liturgical theologian, would process into the sanctuary on Sundays, and he would reverence the altar. That's typical. You reverence the altar because this is where the body of Christ is. But then he would do something surprising. He would turn around, and he would reverence the congregation. A way of acknowledging not just that the sacrament is holy, but the people are holy, too. And they're holy not because they're faithful or talented or pious or show up most weeks, but because they've been sanctified in Christ Jesus. They're holy not because of what they do, but because of who invited them. This is one reason why if you read through our bulletins, our website, our print materials, we don't use the language of guests or newcomers or, excuse me, guests or visitors. We talk about newcomers. We don't talk about guests or visitors. And that's because we believe we've been invited here by God. So Advent is definitely not my church. It's really not even your church. It's God's church. So as soon as you show up here, you are a part of this community just like everybody else. Whether you worship every week or twice a year, whether you've been here for 40 years or 40 minutes, whether you give $50,000 or 50 cents, whether you've been Lutheran since the day you were born, or technically you might still be Episcopalian, but you aren't sure, whether you come here for worship, for AA, for the YMCA programs with our community partners, everyone gets the same hospitality, everyone gets the same respect, everyone gets the same welcome. And they get it not because of what they have to offer, but because of who invited them. So take some advice from St. Paul. Don't begin by focusing on who you are. Focus on who they are. Remember who invited them. Remember that they are holy. Remember that they are sanctified. And who knows, you might just remember who invited you too.